All right, I'll go and do the intro. Yep, yep. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me again is Will. Hey, everybody. We may have some more guests jump in depending on their availability. So if somebody pops in a minute, you'll I'll make sure to do the intros. But today we're covering one that's been in the works for a couple of weeks. We've had a lot of uh, starts and stops that didn't get going. But we're covering a film that just hit its uh, 25th anniversary one of the first films to really go, double down on CGI, you know, people like to say Jar Jar was the first big CGI character. No, it was actually Draco. That's right, we're talking about from 2000, I mean, 1996, Dragonheart. Yeah, I mean, I saw this in theaters. Um, I think you did too, right? Is that right, Tom? Absolutely. Yeah, I saw this in the theater. Uh, at the time, there was a dearth of good, sci- uh, good fantasy movies, like of any kind in theaters. It was rare yeah. to see one. This was actually sort of a flagship movie. Um, I mean, it had a huge cast. I mean, Sean Connery, Dennis Quaid, other people you might recognize. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the next, at that point, the biggest would be like Julie Christie, because after that point, it, it was a lot of more of the, Oh, that guy. Or Yeah. It's a lot of, there was yeah, a lot definitely of, a lot of that guy. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of Harry Potter people in this film before there was Harry Potter. It's true. This is a pre-Potter movie, um, and again, and so what's weird about this film is this is the kind of film that it came, it had an impact, it went, everyone forgot about it. They made five sequels, you know. <laughs> yeah, and about it is like, or and it got basically the idea was like, let's just keep redoing this, see if we can get it right. Well. The thing is, they, they released a direct-to-video sequel, Dragonheart, A New Beginning, in 2000, right? Yep. It sat dormant for 15 years, and then in rapid succession, there was Dragonheart 3, 4, and 5. Yeah, because somebody bought the rights to the name and thought, screw it, we can just keep making sequels. I mean, to be fair, you, it's not like you can't swap out the, the characters pretty interchangeably, although... It would be harder than you think. I mean, I guess you could do prequels. I haven't seen any of the other films. I honestly forgot they existed. Like, I, I, I sort of remember the direct-to-video sequel, the first one, and then I kind of just didn't care because Dragonheart is not a franchise that I kept up with over the years. Yeah, how do you do a, sequ- a, a sequel to a movie? Well, all right, we'll cover the plot real fast. Okay, yeah. it's not. It's actually a pretty decent plot. It's the problem. I think we both agree. The problem is. Um, execution so uh the plot is is in a um i say early medieval times we're saying um i guess it it implies 900 and it's i think it's supposed to be uh england ireland scotland realm saxons you know norman saxon time this is before uh william the conqueror would get there uh the evil king is uh you know is a jerk his son, the prince, is being trained by Bowen, the last good knight, who's trying to make him the next, uh, the prince to be a good knight as well. Yeah, the Saxon uh, prince, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The the peasants revolt and, in the process, kill the the evil king. Bo, uh, um, Einan, his son, accidentally gets stabbed in the heart, but by uh, <laughs> accidentally. And uh, while before he dies, his mother, uh, who is a who is actually a Celt takes uh, the, him to a his uh, to a dragon. The dragon, hiding in a cave, gives half of his heart to the the prince, uh, and that will save his life. Uh, 
However, once he uh, uh, recovers, he becomes a total jerk. So Bowen, the good knight played by uh, Vince Quaid, immediately decides that the dragon made him evil and he's going to kill every dragon on the face of the earth. Cut to, what, 15 years later? I think it's, uh, according to Wikipedia, it's 12, but that's basically that range. 12 years later, uh, the evil king is still building this massive uh, castle where he's using the the uh, slave labor of those who rebel against his father and is more and more of a jerk and more evil and Bowen has killed every dragon except one and for some reason he does not realize this is the dragon he's been hunting that's Draco Draco literally just keeps taunting him every time he tries to kill him and then eventually uh, Bowen and him team up for a, a, a scam straight out of the good bad the ugly where they go around, he pretends to uh, attack a village, and then Bowen gets paid to get rid of him. Actually, good idea. The stuff on the plot is pretty good. So, yeah. I, 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 do, I take issue with this um, in a lot of ways. Like, it only took this one dude 12 years to kill all the other dragons. Now, to be fair, maybe there was only like three. <laughs> they never, it's really sort of vague how many dragons there were at the beginning of the film. Uh, it's very clear at the end of the film there were zero dragons. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, um, the dragon's name isn't Draco until Bowen names him while they're sitting around a fire, like cele- celebrating yeah. their first scam, I guess. Yeah, because the dragon, the his name in dragon tongue is unpronounceable. So. Yeah, and it's like you have to remove your. Uh, there's a joke about you have to remove your tongue, I think, or something. Yeah, I mean, it's the point is it's like humans can't pronounce it. It's which. Yeah. That actually sounds like classic, you know, like they actually read some, you know, Pern and some decent dragon, you know, fantasy. Like, yeah. here's the thing, this, you can tell the guy who wrote the script understood dragon literature, understood legends and stuff like that. Nothing, like the initial plan for this movie seems really good. Then we're going to have to get on the fact that how this movie was made. Uh, which I have no details on, other than oh, they so, somehow got Sean Connery to voice a dragon, the first yeah. CGI character. <laughs> the first fully CGI yeah. But So here's the problem. Okay, so this movie was originally going to be made in like the late 80s. That's when the script was written. Uh, the director was going to be the guy who wrote the script. Uh, he'd get, he he was trying to get the right, you know, the okay to make this big movie, and you'll get a kick out of this. He wanted to star Liam Neeson. Well, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, that would make perfect sense. Liam Neeson's the right choice to play a uh, a broken good knight. Yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson. Uh, he been also good wanted here. he wanted a full British cast. You know, not a bad decision. For instance, he had he wanted Elizabeth Hurley to play the um, the girl. I keep forgetting her name. Cara. Cara. That's right. He wanted her to play Cara or Patsy Kinsett. Yeah. So yeah, he wanted the very you know he did not want any Americans in this film. So at one point he gets uh, he gets told you can't do Liam Neeson. Dark Man was not a hit. They don't think he's ready to be a star. Now, I think we can both agree we all love Dark Man for the wrong reasons, but Liam Neeson should have still gotten his part. I I agree one hundred percent here. Yeah. Um, the, the problem this movie suffers a lot in the execution. Like obviously the plan going forward isn't terrible, and this very much reads like an eighties fantasy movie yeah. uh, because it's got that weird undertone of scammery, but it also like if without knowing that it also reads like a nineties movie because the big eighties dragon movie was dragon slayer, right? Which is a very gritty down to earth grungy movie. This movie is for part of it anyway, pretty down to earth and grungy 
in terms of fantasy. Like it's not it's not yeah. Lord of the Rings. It's not Dragonlance. It's not super high. It's not the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> um, it's much better than the Dungeons and Dragons movie. But that's not exactly a high bar. Um, yeah. So it doesn't have Marlon Wayne. So it doesn't have Marlon Wayne's, which to my everlasting regret, I'm sure. Yeah, that's that's a negative. Although I think Marlon Wayne's as Einan would have been amazing. Uh, Einan is actually a really bad character in some ways, but also the perfect character for this movie because Einan is the most one-dimensional bullshit character. He's a walking plot device, and he's not like the guy acting was just having a ball, and you can tell uh, because. This is literally the guy who woke up one day and is like, today I'm going to be evil and I'm going to enjoy it. And he does that every day to the heart of his being, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy is – so at one point Kara shows up after 12 years and is like, please release my dad. He's old and creaky and I just want to spend the last couple days with him or some shit. And he's like – yeah, I can do that. That's cool. Uh, I guess you owe me one, and I, I'll take. Uh, you'll owe me one, and this will be fine. And then his way of releasing the dad is just to stab him in the face. It's like no, he shoots him with an arrow. He like, he shoots him with an arrow. No, well, whatever. He kills I him, have, and uh, that actually, like, I have released him from. Him. Uh, yes, I have released him from my service. Kachunk, and like he dies, and it's just. It is ludicrous. I mean, it's right up there with I'll dig his heart out with a spoon from the Robin Hood Men in Tights movie um, <laughs> in terms of 90s fantasy evil. And clearly that guy's having a ball. Um, Draco is. I, re- I really like the scam. Like, honestly, I sort of wish they'd focused more on the scam. Like. Yeah. I kind of wish it was a scam from the beginning. Like, I, I wish he had not become the skilled dragon slayer that he was, but literally just going around scamming people. I think that would just be a much better movie. Um, and I see, was hoping that, that the whole movie would be mostly that, honestly. See, that actually, see, that's the thing. I think we are both in agreement. If they had done this bit, which, you know, this idea was in, no, I mean, this is, you know, this podcast is the good, the bad, and the nerdy movie podcast. It's, you know, my, the good, the bad, and the ugly is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. That's what they do in the good, the bad, and the ugly. The uh, the man with no name takes Tuco from town to town. I've arrested this man. Yeah, hey, yep. all right, all right. They're gonna hang him. Okay, now I'm gonna shoot the ropes and he's gonna run away. And I will do it in another town. We'll just keep going from town to town, scamming people, because you know the Tuco's got a lot of bounties on his head. Right. <laughs> and that's literally what this. And here's the thing: this plot could have been almost the entire movie. We did not need the backstory about all of this, but they had to throw all this extra backstory into it. I, I I don't I they did throw a bunch of like there is so much backstory in this movie that it leaks into the beginning of, like it leaks past the beginning of the film. Yeah. Everybody like none of the major characters all the major characters have these incredibly complicated motivations except for Einan. Einan's motivation is I'm evil and what are you going to do about it? And you can't kill me. I have Yeah, and you can you can't kill me. So fuck you. Everybody else has incredibly complicated reasons for doing what they do and like there's all these you know, just there's all every, every action is full of conflict like internal conflict and and second guessing and loss of faith in oneself and just this all, all these people are on a wonderful journey of self-discovery with the exception of evil king evil king Einan, who's the best and then draco who's like Damn pretty it. much the living embodiment of i'm too old for this shit yeah i mean it's sean connery yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Sean Connery as a dragon. Yeah, 
We should point out he, this wasn't like a motion capture thing. They just had him record lines, and they just they managed to yeah. You know, and give him credit for 1996 CGI CGI a dragon with his okay. face features. And you can see like you can see the influence of the animation of this dragon in future dragon animations. Yeah. Now, Dungeons and Dragons the movie didn't take any cues from this movie, but uh, you can definitely see it in um, Smog. Smaug, you can see in, in the, the 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 modern Smaug from the Hobbit movies. You can see it yep. in um, Etrigan. Yep. At least the animation of the dragons. Uh, you can even see it in, a little bit in Ryan the Last Dragon. Yep. Um, not and, not as much because that's much more Eastern philosophy kind yeah, of and, movie. And, but and actually, you also see it in Game of Thrones, like. Yeah, you see it in the Game of Thrones, and like it's a very typical like Dragonheart. Draco is a very typical, very typical Western style dragon. He breathes fire. He's got four limbs and two wings, red scales, speaks big, languages, speaks multiple languages, and has innate ma- innate dragony magic. And it all works pretty well. And but they managed to make him, dare I say it, human. Uh, we can relate to Draco. He screwed up. Because he believed in something. I mean, honestly, him and Bowen are two sides of the same coin. They both believed in something, and they did, took actions based on that belief and were basically let down. And now they're stuck. And it's the same person, actually, Einan. They both believed in Einan, and Einan is a, the wrong person to put your bet on. And it's just awful. And, I mean, he's always, he kills his mom and just, uh Yeah, I mean, we should point out. All this is his mother's idea. She's like, okay, he's dying. Let's the dragon will help him. She believed he was a good boy. Like the thing about Ainu was a dick anyway. He just figured out from his dad, let's lie. You'll get we, you'll get away with it as long as they don't believe you. Yeah. So, and that's basically what happened. Uh, but Bowen being such an idiot thinks that oh no, the dragon did. So I'm gonna go kill every single dragon. Yeah. <laughs> that actually doesn't solve the problem. But he's got this weird oath, like, oh, I can't kill him. He's my king. It's Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing about romantic knights, right? I mean, this is sort of Knights of the Round Table based. I mean, because, hell, King Arthur's ghost shows up at one point. Um, They go to Avalon. I mean. Yeah, they go to Avalon. By numbers, saying, okay, we're going to take this from this book, this from this book, this from this book. Not a bad thing. At least they were trying. it's we a little that's the problem, which is the acting of everybody in this movie. Well, everyone's acting kind of in their own little film because yes. a- any one character could be like an entire film's worth of acting all in one film. And it's all kind of there. And they all kind of so there's um, if you've ever watched Star Trek Lower Decks, there's a sequence where uh, there's a group of people who want to be captains, right? They're ensigns and lower lieutenants and they've they're taken up. Uh, practicing, you know, they're quizzing each other on, on on command drills and things like this. And there's a sequence where a, a ensign has a major problem and they need to help the ensign, right? And what they all do is they all start giving dramatic inspirational speeches, like, at the same time. And it all clashed. Like, any one of them would have been fine, but they all kind of clashed together. And only one guy's like, yeah, those speeches are great, but aren't we actually going to go do something? And they're like, no, we have to inspire the crew. He's like, didn't you already do that? I mean, it's really funny. But the point being, everybody is basically giving their own inspirational speech to themselves, and it clashes a bit. Like, there's too much of it, and it kind of rubs me the wrong way, if that makes sense. Does all that make sense? I agree 100% about that. They're all in their own heads. Now, 
But I also think the problem is, okay, so Rob Cohen, who we should point out, according to a lot of our recent stories, is a complete psycho asshole. Yeah, he's been accused of rape by quite a few people, including one of his daughters. So he, yeah, he was the director of this film. Yeah, I, I was wondering when we were going to touch on that. This well, guy's... Kind of, I mean, we have to because that's the thing. He's oh, the, we absolutely have to. He's a he's terrible the person. Of the film. And, you know, he had made a couple of movies. He later would make Fast and Furious and Triple A. A lot of bad. He's made a lot of what you call dumb action films. Right. Richard Donner was apparently going to direct this before he took over. And Richard Donner kind of got fed up with this also. If it had been Richard Donner, I have a film we would have gotten Lee Neeson. We got quite a few people. Now, yeah. here's where it gets interesting. Okay, so. I like Dennis Quaid. I've always liked Dennis Quaid. His accent is not bad, but Dennis Quaid is not the person you cast as a medieval knight. You cast him as an astronaut or a crazy cowboy. You know, cast him in something that's in he, he actually fits. This one he does not fit, even though he you know they got him in the right look. He's doing a decent accent. I can't figure out if he's supposed to be Scottish, Irish, Welsh. It's you know, it's kind of a weird muddled accent, but at least the way he says Aiden is. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm i not going to blame Costner. Dennis Quaid here. <laughs> not Kevin Costner. And we should point, this is only, you know, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood accent is notoriously as bad as, you know, mocked as, say, uh, Dick Van Dyke's, you know, Mary Poppins accent. So, but, so he's not exactly, it's not his fault, This is, but he's the wrong choice. Dinah Myers, I don't even hear her talking in a British accent at all through half the movie. Sometimes she talks quietly to try to sound like she's, pronouncing words you know in a very specific way but never not once do i believe she's from this country oh yeah but this is sort of the 90s right the 90s was full of movies of period pieces even where the people in the period pieces just didn't even pretend to have any any accent or anything even though it was supposed you know despite what the character robin hood men prince of thieves is actually the perfect example this movie comes to mind uh there's a i mean especially fantasy movies right um, there aren't that many though. I mean, it's kind of those two, and that's it. And Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, is you know pushing is pushing the line for calling well, it a fantasy film. The problem with Robin Hood, you know, we'll do that eventually. Is that half the people are definitely doing British accents? Not Kevin Costner. He does try. I think gives up at some point, and they don't have him. They wouldn't even have him redub it to try to make it sound right. Like Tristan Slater, you know. Very like over the top British accent. Kevin Costner just you know uh, I'm from Iowa kind of thing. So yeah, but, he's like shouldn't you be in a cornfield building a baseball mound yeah, or something? That's sort of the issue with that one. This one, like I said, the problem is everyone's talking with different accents. Now I read David Thewlis who played Iden had a plan to do this, but then he saw how the kid version, the actor who was playing the kid version of Iden was talking. So it's like okay, well let's use his accent and the way he talks so it'll match up. Because they shot his stuff, they shot the kids' stuff first, which is rare. Usually they, you know, do it after, do it yeah. That order, and that guy, and everyone said that kid was not a good actor. He was overacting, and his accent is from a part of England that's pretty rough. <laughs> so well, he's having to emulate. Now, if you see David Thewlis in lots of other stuff like Harry Potter, Naked, I mean, this is he's one of those really great actors. He can talk with really what you know different styles of like of emoting. He's having to basically copy this kid. So this is just like Tom Hanks in a Force Gump. It's the kid who sets the standard. So it doesn't work. You can just tell he's like he's going to overdo it because the kid was overdoing it. <laughs> yeah, like if I mean he he did match that kid to a T. Like the, oh, if <laughs> you could basically put a sign on these people and say overacting 
you know, the overacting meter went to 11 here. Um, yeah. It's it, they're so bad. Like, and, yeah, at least they're having. But the, I will say this. Despite the overacting of Einan, he at least looks like he's having fun. Everyone yes. else looks like they're suffering through pain while they do these. Like, everyone is unhappy in this movie, except the evil guy. So, yeah, because he's like, I, I'm getting paid for this. And we should point out, the same year, David Lewis had the bad luck of doing this film and then immediately jumping into the island of Dr. Moreau. Which we will, I, it's on the plan for next year. We're going to cover that one. Because Man, that's just that's such, such a fucking weird movie. Like, <laughs> especially the new like uh, like it was a movie that did not need to be remade. Yes. And then it was, and you're like, but why? Because but then you get what you got, and it's but so yeah, we're we're saving Doctor Moreau talk for. We're, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, we'll save it. Round just, table discussion. That is like right. the ultimate like. Good, bad, nerdy movie. There's so many things wrong with that. Anyway, you're yeah. right. I'm getting anyway. But back point, to Dragonheart. He, he was kind of snake bit for quite a while. Like he seemed to be picking the not his fault. Hey, I'm going to be moving. Dennis Quaid and, and Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery is the voice of the dragon. Okay, so what? Okay, but in the next one, hey, I'll be in this movie. With Marlon Brando. Oh, right. But, yeah. So <laughs> it's not like he. So the guy has a lot of bad luck. And I really like the actor. I think he's skilled. I also think that he. He will do exact. He's he's he will do exactly what you tell him to do, or exactly. what he's been given example, and he will do it to the best of his ability. And he's very good, so it comes off the way it was told to be. It's sort of like how computers are awesome, and you can tell them to do stupid shit. Well, if you tell this guy to act in a stupid way, he's gonna he's do it, and he's gonna do it well, and it's yeah. gonna be stupid, and it's your fault. And that's a lot of this movie is. I think the director kind of mealy mouthed it and just didn't didn't do it right i mean the directing is not good like the shots are kind of okay and and the shots are boring like everything is very serviceable draco they got right a lot of the other stuff like where oh he's fighting with draco but you can't see him so he's hanging on this rope that's clearly not pulling in the right direction it's like yeah it's like well we got well the reason they got draco right is because they could do draco in post right and good effects people at ILM worked on this thing. So it's like yeah. the people who knew what they were doing was in charge of Draco. Rob yeah. Cohen, not so much. Rob Cohen did not do a good job in this. I think his direction – like the shots are serviceable, but nothing is interesting. No. Nothing – everything is very flat. The action sequences are actually kind of – like honestly, they're kind of dull. Like they're not exciting. They're just – they're action sequences that are action-y, but – they're only action-y because people are moving fast. It's not because the shot is done well. They're not, like, awful. It's not yeah. deliberately shitty, but it's also just so pedestrian. And just, this is... Yeah. And Jason Isaacs in this, and he's kind of like the best buddy to the evil king, and he's just constantly just saying, hey, I'm evil because I smile evil. <laughs> Which, yeah. by the way, he does that all the time in whenever in movies. But in this one, there's it's literally like he just there is no point of him being there. The other guy who's like the uh, the other evil knight that's with him, who's the killer uh, of all in X Files. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking. Uh, about. Same thing. He's just kind of like, what am I doing here? Other than just occasionally give you know plot information out. It's just like there's a lot of people that they have talent. It's not being used. I can only guess what kind of takes they. T- they decide these are the takes. These are the, yeah, these are the takes. These are the best takes you got. I mean, did you only have three days? Because Jesus, yeah. he's uh, Oscar nominated actor. Uh, I will say that the uh, the 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 scene where um, 
Bowen throws the axe into Draco's heart um, is actually shot well uh, up to a point. Basically, the point is as soon as Dennis Quaid lets go of the axe, the shot just gets really fucked up. But like <laughs> the stuff leading up to that is actually shot relatively well. Uh, yeah. It's just that that shot like Draco peeling open his scale to reveal his heart is actually a really cool scene. And then the axe just comes in and it's this terrible. It's like, I don't know what they did to the axe effect, but the axe looks like shit. Draco looks fine. The axe looks like shit in that scene. Well, see, I think that was a case where they had to uh, reshoot it because it was probably too graphic. Oh my God. The axe is just so fucking bad in that scene. You think, because all the bloody stuff, it seems a lot tamer than it should be. So I have a feeling they got they either got close to an R rating or they just test screened and they thought it was too graphic. So they, you can just see that they've toned some things down to keep it PG thirteen. But really, you either go R hard R or you go PG. You don't try to go for this PG thirteen balance because it never works. Yeah, this yeah. movie almost would work better if they'd gone for a G. But you have to have the rape jokes in. I mean, that's the other thing. There's references about rape and stuff like that that they kind of put in, but they kind of peel back. So you can, it's like it's clearly something got cut in editing. Well, I think what happened was so there's a technique in Hollywood um, when you're trying to shoot for a particular rating, right? This uh, is Tarantino and, trick. Well, it's Tarantino, Trey, Trey, uh, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone use it a lot. A lot of a lot of movies use this where they will put in something outlandish and then when that gets cut the the more subtle thing that they wanted to leave in but also hit their ratings level will basically fly right yeah it's either you have the most graphically horrific thing and they're like you have to cut that out sure you gotta cut that out they're like yeah we'll cut that it's like all right we got our pg-13 cool we got to leave in the other real subtle scene guess what we didn't need that in there we we put that in just to make you uh yeah be uh appalled so the other stuff you wouldn't even pay attention this one, I don't think to happen. I think this is a case where, once again, Rob Cohen, not the kind of director who, I mean, here's the, his best works are usually R-rated. So if you give him a, tell him you got to make a PG-13 movie, it's, you know, he, it's not his wheelhouse. And yeah, but I think that what happened was they put, the, they tried to use this technique and just put in too much shit. So a lot of weird shits, like, they did it imprecisely, if that makes sense. Exactly. So they're like, we need to cut this, 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 like, cool. Oh wait! Didn't we put in seven other things that were all kind of fucking up, fucked up? Oh yep. shit! And now it looks weird. You see what I mean? Exactly. That's that's the problem. And I, they, this film wasn't like it was rushed in. They made I think they shot it in like ninety three or ninety four, and just took that long for the, the CGI to be ready. So by putting it, you know, they they had a lot of time to work on the film, and that's what they came up. Because I remember that, I think the first ad for this was. Maybe late 94, maybe 95. It was one of the movies that they just kept, uh, you got like teasers that it was coming, this dragon film with Sean Connery. And you didn't even know that Dennis Quaid was the knight. It was like they kept teasing that, hey, we're going to have this big dragon movie with Sean Connery. And we should point out 96 is like the height of Sean Connery's like 90s revival. This is, yeah, this comes out a few months, a few weeks before The Rock. Yeah. And honestly, I thought, honestly, Sean Connery is fine. Like, Say exactly. what you will. Everything about the dragon is fine in Dragonheart. It's all the stuff around the dragon yeah. that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. That's the problem. This movie, it, like the Sean Connery and the CGI team at ILM got it perfect. Unfortunately, then there's the rest of this film. So uh, I think we can both agree this is a case where I, you know, we can talk about all the other stupidness on here. But yeah, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's available free on Peacock. Right when when they put it a hundred percent for free. 
they know not many people have been dying to watch this thing. So they hope that if it's free, you'll actually watch it. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're getting into our final recommendation. So I, I, my opinion on this movie has, in fact, changed since the last – like, I last time I saw this before this most recent rewatch was probably – mid 2000s because i caught it on tv or something yeah in when i saw it in the theater i was like wow we haven't had a good fantasy movie in a while this one was pretty good i really liked it i saw it again in mid 2000s like oh, i remember this being better and now i'm like yeah this movie has a lot of problems but the dragon looks great <laughs> i mean yeah so my opinion on this movie has in fact changed since i last saw it um multiple times and I don't hate it. Like I, it's, it's a fine, enjoyable movie. If you don't think if you, if you can overlook a lot of the problems and you're okay with very pedestrian, if you care, if you're okay with very pedestrian directing, you get a reasonable story, good CGI and, you know, a few interesting action elements, but this is not Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings just blows yeah. us out of the water. Let's, Most let's fantasy movies. Fire. That's, that's what I would kind of want to be dancing around is if we're going to compare like crazy dragon films, we have to talk about Reign of Fire. Reign of yeah. Fire. Reign of Fire everything was. That, it does everything the exact way you expect it to and goes uh, uh, cranked up to 11. This yeah. film, and they, they don't crank it up to 11, they crank it to 5. Yeah, I mean, this movie is a pretty decent dragon film. If you want to go see something completely gonzo bonkers, go see Reign of Fire. If you want to see the worst dragon-based movie I've ever seen in my life. Probably go see the Dungeons & Dragons movie from 2000 because it's <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, I know. Uh, where you, the dragons are barely in it, too. You so. gotta you gotta love Jeremy Irons and really shitty CGI. Um, I mean, admittedly, I kind of love me some Jeremy Irons, but yeah. anyway. Uh, this is what I refer to as a very meh movie, but it really has some very and i think the cgi m pretty much holds up like it's not perfect it's got some rough edges but compared to a lot of cgi from this era the cgi is pretty decent yeah so what would you say bad or nerdy because i think uh i think i'm gonna have to dip into bad but with like a nerdy overtone yeah because the cgi is actually worth seeing but the rest of the film is kind of i mean it's not awful it's not disappointing uh, it's not like it blame blasting. Right. It's not brain blastingly bad. It's just yeah. not very good, <laughs> and it's it's kind of a mishmashy, inconsistent experience. Yeah. It's like drinking a milkshake, and then halfway through the milkshake, you realize that instead of it being like uh, a chocolate chip mint milkshake, it's actually chocolate chip mint mixed with uh, strawberry, mixed with caramel cream, and then they put and some whipped cream it, on it and sprinkled. Longer. Like, yeah, and then put oatmeal on top of it for some reason and then blended the whole thing together. And you're like, what the fuck am I drinking? Yeah, it's like they had a great recipe and somebody forgot to clean the blender. So yeah. you got a lot of junk in there that didn't belong in there. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to declare this one bad also. but So this is a frustrating thing because it's kind of a bad nerdy movie. Because if you're an effects person, you love this movie because this was one of the first ones that really got CGI right. Then yeah. you got to do with the rest of the movie. And I should also point, the plot is not bad. It's It's the execution and which led to bad acting so yeah kind of, almost every error in this movie the director is, is entirely the failure of this film i think there's probably some other failures in there because no movie is made alone but the vast majority of problems with this movie are with the direction yeah and i, I you know we'll blame universal studios as well because they hired this guy they had other they had better options they're like no we want an american star and apparently they tried to get mel gibson or tom cruise <sighs> well that's a guy 
Uh, it yeah. is weird seeing Repus Lumen, uh, Re uh, Remus, Remus Lupin kind of be a young, a very young Remus Lupin being a dickhead. So that's weird. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know. yeah if you're a Harry Potter fan, it's fun spotting you know, the Harry Potter. Hey, look, there's Malfoy. Hey, look, yeah. there's Madame Rose. Yeah, it's like if you're one of the, if you like spotting you know, a lot of actors spotting, this is a good choice as well. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a one you definitely, I mean, you'll, you get your friends around, you get a little drunk, you, you make fun of this movie. Oh, it's yeah. not even MST3K bad. It's just there's a lot of stupid decisions. I mean, on good, I, on easy. It's like they went the wrong pick. Yeah, the time to watch this movie is like you're picking two shitty dragon movies, and you need one that's not terrible. Like that that doesn't make your brain hurt to warm you up before you start the heavy drinking. And this is that movie. It's not good, but it's not so bad that it makes you go, "Holy crap! How did people get paid for this?" You can be like, "Ah, oh, see how people got paid for this. It just wasn't done very well." Yeah. So, <laughs> and I would say, if you're watching *The Rain of Fire*, watch *Rain of Fire* first because this is like, yeah, as I say, *Rain of Fire* is the is the cracked out dragon film. This is your way to sober up. <laughs> 100%. This is the way this is the kind of film you you put on when you want people to leave your party. Yeah. Um, right. just... I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the Good the Bad and Nerdy Movie Podcast. If you have any comments about this, please hit us up on our Facebook group fans of Good Bad and Nerdy Movie Podcast. Also on Twitter, Good Bad and Nerdy Movie Pod. Well, thanks for enduring this again. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've watched a lot of bad movies and this one was not as bad as yeah, see, that's a the problem. The they put, it's always frustrating when there's a lot of money in the movie and you have people that could have done it right, but somehow you get something like this. It's, you know, it's not Batman and Robin bad, but you're in that same zone of mid 90s where they put a lot. They thought the more money they throw into it, the better it'll be. That's look, awesome. look, you guys give me 60 million dollars <laughs> and, and Tom and I will go make a better film than this. <laughs> we could take the same script and probably make. I mean, we could take yeah, we could take the script and we'll just get a bunch of old LARP buddies and we'll throw a nice film together and it will be yeah. better than this. And or we could just take this exact script and just do it better. Yeah, we could we could still use the dragon with Sean Connery's there uh, voice. We could just really cut. Right, we'll just cut it. and paste the dragon in. Hey, we got Sean Connery in our movie. Quote, quote wink, wink. <laughs> Sure, he's been dead a couple of years, but he still recorded his lines. That's right. It's, it's, it's amazing. Tom Hanks can shake hands with JFK. I, I can I can almost get eaten by a dragon. That's exactly right. All right, man. All right. So, folks, thanks for listening. And please, 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 if you're going to give half your dragon heart to anybody, make sure. And I'm serious about this. You get it in writing, not in, you know, oaths, because... Verbal contracts have no standing in medieval times. 100%. Night, everybody. Thanks.